Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of my weekly podcast, Writing Through the Pain. This is your host and Winnipeg multidisciplinary artist, Ingrid D. Johnson. Thank you, everyone, for joining me as I discuss, explore, and discover what facing and slowly healing after the trauma of childhood sexual abuse looks like in several areas of life, beginning with my childhood years and into my teens and then slowly into my adult life. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me as I share pieces of my story from my upcoming book and also interviews with other people that are connected to my story. Would you like to do more to show your support for this podcast? Then please, subscribe, leave a tip in any amount, or become a monthly sponsor by contributing $5 a month or more through our PayPal link. That link is www.paypal.com forward slash paypalme, all one word, forward slash ITC sponsorship. In return, you will receive a quarterly newsletter, a download code to my album Visions and Dreams, and 10% discount off all new In the Closet Productions products and services. Every dollar you contribute will be used to produce inspiring original music, live music shows, speaking engagements, this podcast, and other creative projects that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. Black man, black woman, there was a time I was willing to serve you, there was a time I was willing to serve you, willing to spend all day cooking up curry chicken with some rice and peas, blending carrots in my blender to squeeze out carrot juice, you like my carrot juice? laid up the table just right for you, lit a candle and waited and waited all night for you, it was your birthday. And I was so excited, so willing to put you first, but you never came home. And I ended up spending all night with Billie Holiday, singing and drinking my blues away after paging you 21 times. Black woman, there was a time I was willing to serve you. Black woman, there was once a time you wanted to serve me. But a brother man's gotta do what a brother man's gotta do. Here I am, late nights busting my back, all for us. Is it for us? And today, brother man had to spend all day picking cotton for a couple of measly cents. From the car to the king size where our passions rest at night, all for us. Just to buy you that pretty little house with that picket white fence. But in return, all I get is assumption and cold shoulders <laughs> That you've been dreaming about ever since we were kids Days at a time, I feel worn down at the streets Still looking for a break, hey <laughs> Running around bare feet in Africa I miss those days Way back when you were predestined to be my queen I'm still your queen Another day, another dog's what they tell us Girl, you know the days don't fly they used to And I was predestined to be your king. But even though times have changed, my heart remains the same, living by my words of commitment. Before everything changed, and I became just that, 
A nigga running around in the streets So right now, this second, this heartbeat I need you here, for us To you, unfaithful and unwilling to work Hard for you, like Jacob did for Rachel For 14 long years You know I've been there during times of confusion So just this time, ignore your thoughts And trust my soul This world is so deceiving and at times lonely. So, girl, it's a must. You trust for us. Maybe I can. Trust for us. You trust for us. My Story Part 29 Man with the Iron Mask Man in the Iron Mask was the first and only movie Jason Winters and I ever went to. Looking back now in my mid-forties, it was a foreshadow of our six-year dysfunctional romantic situationship. A prophecy of how emotionally unavailable Jason would be with me no matter how much I gave myself to him. Jason Winters was one of the most handsome 20-something black men I had ever dated in my 20s. I had met him when I was living on Capel Street and kind of seeing Wade Sinclair, his close friend. One day, Wade stopped by with Jason, and although they did not stay long, I remember how cute Jason was and how he commented on the little red Bible I had on my coffee table. He asked me if I read it, and I responded, Sometimes. Then he stared at me for a while like he was trying to see into my soul. Shortly after that, he left with Wade, who I was totally in love with at the time. They were both handsome black men, but Jason gave me butterflies and inspired me years later to explore my sexuality in a way at the time seemed very empowering to me, mostly because with him, I could freely explore what made me feel sexy as a woman in control of my own body, which helped me to claim back my body sexually, physically, after being assaulted in my 20s and sexually abused as a kid. Let me say this for the record, that I was not a born-again Christian back then. Therefore, my mindset was very different. I was a woman who had no problems back then embracing my sexuality and deriving my confidence from sex. After all, being sexually abused as a kid had kind of set me up for that subconsciously. It had brainwashed me into believing that men would only value me for sex and for very little else. A big fat lie I know now that must have came from the depths of hell. A lie that would lead me to devalue myself for a man with no real love in his heart for me. A man more in love with himself. My situationship with Jason started off slow, but it was hot like fire. He was unpredictable, and I was deeply drawn to that and his brooding personality. There was just something about him that reminded me of a sexy, tortured soul. He was broken, and I was broken too. So I told myself that we belonged together, 
and prayed to God for that to be true. I wanted to marry him, have his children, never leave his side. But I was in love with the idea of him, the idea of us, and not really the person that he truly was. The selfish, moody, brooding, pretty boy that he was. A person who ran like a broken faucet, running first hot for me and then suddenly cold as hell. Our meetings were always based on his schedule, no regard for mine. And because I was seriously crushing on him, I always was willing to adjust my time. The truth was, other than going to university, which I was totally failing, I had nothing else really important going on in my life to keep me from saying to him that I was too busy for his late night calls, telling me to come over on a whim. The truth was, even if there was something more important back then, I was so mesmerized by him that I would have dropped everything just to escape into my fantasy world with him. I was that hooked. It was like when I was with him, I was a totally different person. A different part of my personality would come out. It was like in my mind, we were in a hot, steamy, romantic drama similar to the movie Different Shades of Grey without the physical S&M, but plenty of the psychological kind. In my mind, I was a girl called Candy, a seductress, totally in control of the situation. And Jason, well, Jason was my dominant. He set the tone for our situationship. He controlled the pace, even though I told myself I was in control. But that was never the truth. He controlled me emotionally and once even physically when I tried to move on from him with someone else. I was on a first date with a nice tall bald African guy named Kobe once. We were watching a movie, cuddling on the couch, things were going really well. Then Jason unexpectedly showed up on my doorstep after ignoring me for weeks, ignoring all my phone calls. He demanded that I let him in immediately and as soon as I did he walked past my living room past Kobe and straight to my bedroom. It was like a dog or a big lion marking his territory and he had no problem letting Kobe know that I belonged to him. Feeling like he had overstayed his welcome and noticing the awkward look on my face after Jason walked in, Kobe decided to call it a night without making any plans for a second date with me. Jason had ruined any chance of our relationship blossoming into a real commitment with the entrance he had made. He had claimed me, and Kobe knew it. He knew he didn't have a chance. After Kobe had given me a long, warm hug goodbye, and I had locked the door behind him, Jason immediately made his way to the living room and wasted no time asking me if I would slept with Kobe. Caught off guard by his abrupt question, I quickly answered no before sitting down on the couch beside him. Then without saying a word to me, he silently carried out his own litmus test to verify if what I had said to him was true. A test that consisted of him doing an intimate examination on me, usually only performed by my gynecologist. Satisfied that I had passed this litmus test, our situationship resumed its normal scheduled program of mind games, no labels, him playing Mr. Disappearing Act, and making me absolutely miserable until one day he decided to, to tell me that he was moving away, shocking me to the core and breaking my heart in the process. 
I suddenly felt disposable, like an old shirt he had gotten tired of and that no longer fit no more and that he wanted to throw away. He was moving, and he had even and he didn't even discuss it with me. It wasn't a choice. I just had to accept his decision. This shattered any hope of me being the one to penetrate his heart after six long years of trying to win his heart over. I couldn't believe it. After six years of him being in my world and making sure that no other guy could be with me, he was leaving. He was leaving me. But even after he moved away to another city, he still felt like he was entitled to me whenever he'd come back, whenever he'd visit. He made it hard for me to let go, for me to move on and find strength to say no. Until one day something unexpected happened and everything in my life changed. To be continued. Are you looking for a practical gift for your loved one? A new graduate, a co-worker, or perhaps a really close friend? Well, look no further. Check out my store, IDJ Designs, on Etsy and order one of my coffee mugs to support my mission to help draw awareness to the lifelong impact of childhood sexual abuse through my weekly podcast, my original music, my upcoming memoirs, previous poetry books, live shows, video film, and speaking engagements all under my small production company in the Closet Productions, a voice for the voiceless. Every purchase you make helps me, Ingrid D. Johnson, to continue sharing my story as an artist and a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Help me encourage those who feel voiceless and like no one understands their pain to speak up and to never lose hope. Check out my store on Etsy today. Thank you so much for your support and please tell a friend. Did you enjoy this recent episode? Then stay tuned for a brand new episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued, every Wednesday night. Tune in next week, where I will share more of my story dealing with the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Well, as usual, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances, and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire, uplift, inform, or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. To leave a message about an episode of this podcast, or to become a potential guest on the show, please message me at anchor.fm forward slash Ingrid D. Johnson, all one word, forward slash message. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless you, my friends. <laughs>